This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. G'day, everybody. All right, we are into day two of our week-long uh, Potapalooza going into this week's grand final. And joining us this week to talk all things Paramount Eels, I think our first ever guest going all the way back to the get around this days, Mary Kay from Ladies Who League. Welcome. Thank you both so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. The Queen of the Harpies returns. And she what does. a week to return. Yeah, I mean, it, it has been quite a while. It's definitely been at least a couple of years since we last had you on, but obviously no better time than when both Parramatta Eels teams have reached grand finals. Um, yes, finally the but... annoyingly positive nature of Mary Mar- matches the performance. That's true. <laughs> it's so it's true. only taken 33 back. years Mitch, <laughs> yeah. for that to actually um, line up and it'll probably yeah. never line up again. So I'm going to take it tonight. It. So, I mean, before we talk about both of the games you've got coming up uh, this week, let's, let's, let's at least jump back in time a little bit, talk about not just last week, but the week before, like you've been riding and dying with this team throughout this final series. Um, you know, disappointing week one defeat, but then a very emotional night for you and all the other fans finally getting over that second week of the finals hurdle. And then last week's game as well. So take us through the last couple of weeks as a fan. It's been absolutely amazing. And I think what I love the most about the last couple of weeks is that Brad Arthur has been under tremendous pressure throughout this entire season. I heard you both talking about it on last week's episode and I completely agree with your approach. It's been really unfair and there have even been like accusations of nepotism. I'm already losing my voice. It's too early in the week to lose my voice. Um, Accusations of nepotism, which really go to the heart of Brad's character, and I think it's been really, really unfair. So to see this team sort of rise up and get through week two especially was huge, I think, particularly for Brad. It really shut people up. And then last week, like I've got to be honest, I didn't really give them much of a chance. I was worried Mm. about the heat. I was worried about the record up in North Queensland. But I think what impressed me most was that we saw a really different Parramatta Eels performance. Typically when people think about the Eels, they think about the likes of RCG and Junior Barlow rolling down the field, those quick offloads, getting off to a really good start. We didn't really see that last week. We more saw them sort of hang in there, some really gutsy defence as well. And I'm sure we'll get the chance to talk about players later on. But Sean Lane was epic. Even Mm. Bailey Simonson, who's not been in the squad for a couple of weeks now, it's been more than a couple of weeks, actually. I thought he was really good too. So it's been epic, a lot of emotion for Eels fans, and I'm trying my best just to enjoy this week as much as possible. Yeah, it's it was all grit on that Friday night. And yeah, and this is the cool part, right? And and it's been a long time for you since 2009 that you got to experience it. But, you know, I've gone through it. Uh, Mitch went through it allegedly at some point when he was a child, but like, um, and 2015, but um, just the whole week, just enjoying every aspect of it. I mean, what have you, what have you been doing? I'm sure you've been keeping busy. I have been keeping busy. A couple of little radio interviews here and there. I've got a piece for the Sydney Morning Herald later in this week, and then I'm just trying to get out to Parramatta as much as I can. So I'm going for dinner mm-hmm. with my dad and godfather tomorrow night. Jimmy Excellent. and I will head there on Friday. And then I'm going to the grand final, but I'm really lucky that I'll be calling the NRLW grand final with SEN. Um, It's a great privilege and I'm really excited. But 
it's also going to be really tough because I also called the NRLW semifinals mm-hmm. and I just want to yelp into the microphone yeah. but Matt and Mitch, as you both know, you have to stay as professional uh, as I you don't, can. I don't know that. I mean, he does it, <laughs> but like, yeah, I've obviously been there as well with Souths in, and so- the Socceroos as well, for that matter. It's tough to keep a lid on things when you want to just explode. The Socceroos, God. Huh? Who who makes you hit little little when you go to soccer? Well, no, games? they didn't. No, but they 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 lost against Japan, so I didn't have to keep a lid on anything. But had they yeah, won, yeah, it, yeah. you would have had to show some decorum. But, um, I don't, I don't, you're not one for decorum, so yeah. yeah, I don't believe in that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's um, not a real thing. Yeah. So what happens after that, Mary? Because I, I I obviously have covered games there before. Do you get? Do you, have you got like a seat to sit in in the in the in the just in the out out in the punters? Are you going with your dad and your boyfriend, or what's going on there? Yeah, so my dad's going, my mum's going, my little brother's going. Jimmy isn't coming, unfortunately. We couldn't get all the tickets together, which is fine. Um, But it's funny because people keep saying, like, what are your plans for after the game if they win? My plans are the same win or, I was going to say win, (laughs) lose or draw. There's not going to be a draw, but win or lose. Tears, (laughs) heading back to the stadium afterwards and then going on Monday morning to see the team regardless because that's what I did in 2009. And even though I know I'll be disappointed if they lose, just the magic of being in a grand final and I think also the journey this club's been on. In 2016, the club was a basket case and Mm. a lot of people have worked really hard to get us where we are now. So I'm just enjoying it. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because this is a club that, you know, when we were kids especially, they never won the comp. They were always pretty good, especially in 98, 2001. They could have definitely won the comp in those years. But there was that wilderness period in like the early to mid-2000s and even the years after 09. Like that that year was very much a bit of an oasis in the desert for you guys. And it's just really been under Brad Arthur in these last five or six years that you've turned everything around. I mean, what's it been like to be just watching? Like, So I guess maybe even the vindication of all that this this past couple of weeks. You're so right, Matt, and I talk about this pretty often because I started supporting the Eels in 1998, and you're right. In those early years, I just thought Parramatta were a team that made the finals every single year because that was what happened under Brian Smith. And then we punted Brian Smith because he couldn't get us any further and spent probably the next 15 years in the wilderness. And then I remember when we made our first final series, apart from 2009, and just how special it was. Like... It's funny, you hear a lot of discourse around this time of the year about how there's only one team that wins the premiership. And that's absolutely right. But God damn, I would rather be in a prelim playing in a grand final than watching my team win the wooden spoon. And it ties into the conversation about Brad Arthur too, because sure, if a coach gets a team to the second week of the finals 10 years in a row, at some point you have to have a difficult conversation. But you need to understand the risk that comes with it as well, because we punted Brian Smith. And we were a disaster for about 15 years after. Yeah. And then, of course, he went on to take a Roosters team to a grand final not long after that as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, yeah, it, it's a frustrating one, right? And obviously, I guess probably on Saturday at about 9 p.m., I, I would have rather have been a wooden spooner than a team that just keeps losing in the finals every year. But you're absolutely right. It, it, it's just all about, I guess, enjoying the good moments more than you sort of get bogged down by the bad moments. But as Mitch touched on at the start of the show, you are – overwhelmingly positive by nature. So I don't think we have to worry about you getting too down in the dumps uh, if the worst happens on Sunday. The worst that I ever remember was probably mm. 2005 where yeah. we lost to the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. I went to that game and I was in year 11. For about two weeks afterward, I listened to like Fix You by Coldplay on repeat. <laughs> about you, two, weeks, two weeks. I remember that. Back. Yeah, I remember I went good. early to watch um Newtown in the reserve grade 
uh, finals, and then we stuck around to watch Para Cowboys, and we left at half time because it was just like, yeah, this is this is done. I wish I crazy. had. I yeah. wish I had. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you've obviously come a long way since then, and now we're here, and I, I, I win, win or lose. It's it's just a great week to be a part of, but obviously you're going to prefer to win. I mean, what do you? How 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 many times? I guess have you run that scenario through your head since last Friday about you know about Clint Gutherson lifting the NRL trophy on Sunday? I've got to say, Matt, I really haven't run it through my head at all. Like I haven't dare to dream is like yeah. the phrase that keeps coming back, but I just, I haven't let mm-hmm. myself dream that big yet. I think I'll, I'll take the NRLW game first and then see what happens yeah. in the men's. But I just, I don't know what it's going to feel like if it mm. actually happens. Can the two of you help me? You know what it feels well, like. I Mine's weird, right? Because again, I uh, we, we've mentioned this a million times, but in 2014, the grand final was the week before, like, I was against the Roosters. I was there, like, there was no, I'd never even seen the possibility that we were going to lose to that Bulldogs team that was, in my mind, still to this day, the worst team to ever make a grand final in the NRL era. Like, at no point did I think we were losing that game. So it was kind of different. It was almost like, almost just like a coronation, um, like, which sounds incredibly arrogant, but hey, I was proven correct by the scoreline and the performance. But yeah, so I, I still obviously was over, like, very emotional when I think when Reynolds, kick that goal from the sideline to make it 20 to six. So like mathematically we couldn't be caught. Yeah. That was the moment I was like, holy shit, we've won. I cried a little bit pop admonished me for doing so as, <laughs> as he would. But um, yeah, it, it's obviously completely different for you being in a scenario where you are the underdogs and in most, you know, you, again, I, I haven't looked at the betting odds, but I think you guys are what, like three bucks or something like that. So yeah, three ten. Yeah, so it's it's obviously a little bit different for you where you're going in with more hope than expectation. Uh, Mitch has been on both sides of that, I guess, because 06, you were the underdogs, right? But you've obviously gone into the grand finals. I think as well. that was 16. Don't ask me anything about that. What does a 16 year old about fucking anything? Like, the tr- it's truth, though, right? Like, what do I know yeah. about anything at 16 years old? Like, the Broncos have been winning forever. I, I have no perspective then, man. You're like my 2001 Eels for me. Like when I went to that grand final, it was just so normal for Parramatta to be making finals. We got to that grand final. I probably, like, I don't know whether I thought we would win, but it was just so normal, Mitch. Uh, Well, like that's it. You say underdogs. It's like that wasn't in my mindset at that age. The Brisbane always won. We were going to win. That's true. And I didn't go in thinking that yeah, you've become much more humble ever since. I'm not, well, yeah, obviously. Uh, but like, yeah, I didn't go to 2000, so I haven't had that feeling, you know. It, yeah. In 2015, I didn't think we were going to win that one until uh, in in it was that little moment where we, uh, we had that break down the field. That was the only moment I saw the finally that we're going to win that game, and then obviously the strip from Kyle Felton, that exact same break. And then the next little hope I thought we're going to win the game was an Adam Blair charge out of line at Thurston, and then that didn't that didn't work out, did it? That's unfortunate for you. All right. Uh, so you do have two games to worry about, though, Mary. Um, your beloved Wheels absolutely taking the piss by winning one regular season game, but then <laughs> strong arming their way past the Roosters. I thought they were absolutely fantastic in that game. You called I, it. You were there. So yeah, I did too, Matt. And I wonder how much of what we were just talking about played into the minds of the Roosters. So they were undefeated. All the pressure was on the Roosters. Mm -hmm. The Eels were essentially playing with house money for that game. Mm. Very few people gave them an opportunity. 
And it's funny, like people have been saying, oh, they only won the one game and made it into the finals. I think that's a little bit simplistic. It's true. They did only win the one game, but their biggest defeat was in round one against the Roosters. Mm. They changed their halves pairing in week two, and then their biggest defeat was at the hands of the Dragons in week two by six points. They then lost by two to the Newcastle Knights, two to the Titans, and then um, beat the Broncos to make it into the finals. So this is a team that's been improving. And as you both said earlier this week, I think it's just the impact of having a short competition. If we think about the NRLM, it takes teams a long yeah, time to get into true. the swing of it. Like, look at your team, Matt South. Yeah, no, I great mean, example. They are a very different team now to the team that they were in round five, six or seven. So I was just really excited and I thought there were some really great performances. So our halves pairing didn't know each other before the season started. They've come in and I think played with real confidence. Taylor Preston put up some really fantastic, like wonky kicks that the Roosters just seemed to show no urgency in getting to. Yeah. Ash Quinlan just kept poking her nose through the line. Abby Church and Rakia Horn did a great job marking up on Kelly and Sergis. And particularly for Church, who came in for Tiana Penatani, I thought she did a great job. And you've got mm. like Kennedy Charrington, who's a vibe, Samima Taufa, who just like makes tackle after tackle. I thought they were great, and I wonder yeah. whether the occasion got to the Roosters a little bit too much. It could have, yeah. Um, just on Penatani, she's you know racing the clock to be fit. Um, that in itself, if she's back as well, makes a huge difference. And but did you mention the halves there? Because obviously Brooke Walker came in. There was a lot of fanfare around her coming over from AFL, and just one game was, and they made the decision. And I guess it's paid off for them now. But uh, I mean, what uh, what hope do you give them in this in this game? Look, I give them a hope. Newcastle have been fantastic to watch this year. They've got a great engine room of Caitlin Johnston and Millie Boyle. Tamika Upton, two games off for a calf injury, came back like she hadn't missed a game. And also Jessie Southwell, I think, has been really, really impressive for a 17-year-old. The last time these two teams played, two points separated them. Mm. So I'm just hoping for a really good contest, to be honest, and I definitely give the Eels a chance. Yeah. That is like obviously what you just said there is a pretty underrated point. Like they they had lost a bunch of games, but they were all very very close games. It could have gone the other way, and it does sound dumb to say it, but it's it's true. Like there are NRL teams that take a while to find their feet. I mean, you know, there's been so much coverage around the 2009 Parramatta Eels in mm-hmm. the men's competition. I mean, they were 14th at the halfway point of the season and went on this run to sneak into the finals. And people still talk about their team now as you know one of the most charmed runs ever to a final. So, I guess when you've got such a wide amount of variance in a five-team competition, this stuff can happen. But again, I don't say it to denigrate them. I just think it's hilarious that they won one game. And yeah. not the team that won every game. I've got to say, um, just on the 2009 vibes, mm. um, I'm going to give a shout out to another one of your wonderful co-hosts, Nick Campton. If anyone mm. hasn't read Nick's article on the 2009 Eels this week, he interviewed yeah. Daniel Mortimer, who said that um, if he could live in any year forever, it would be 2009. Yeah. Can you get and, and which... you're you're calling that out because it's the most loserish thing you've ever heard? Is that what you? Is that, that's... Well, <laughs> <laughs> Mary, is, that, is that what we're calling it out? No, no, that's uh, not. Denny Water get some help. <laughs> Mary, you'll be pleased to know that later in the week, I also have a piece coming with a uh, journeyman from that uh, Parramatta oh, Eels team. I if spoke it is to Jeff uh, Robson, I'm going to hit Jeff the Robson. floor. Okay, all right, Robson. okay. Mate, okay. You, uh, think, you think anyone here is big enough to get Jeff Robson this week? That's I don't true. think so. We can't. There's no, a queue. Uh, queue around I, the street. I, I had a good chat today with the great Joel Reddy, who will be there on Sunday. Uh, so, Joel Reddy, yeah. ready for ready. That was the sign. Gosh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I need help. I really need some help. Was that your sign? 
or something. No, she had the, the signs. You, she so had the Todd many. Lowry sign. I, I know that I've seen one that too. one. Yeah, yeah, there were quite yeah. a few. Gower Power was another one. That wasn't 09. Gosh. Though, but, but yeah. You might love yeah, that... David Gower more than I've ever loved anything. Yeah, I do love an underdog. <laughs> and it's funny in this current team, the underdog for me that I love and always will love is Clint Gutherson. He was a laughing stock when he arrived at Parramatta. Fans were booing him in the stands, and and now really, and now he is a laughing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks. What do you mean? Fans were booing him in the stands in August 2022. And by fans, I mean this guy over here. I was doing the Joel Arena as we beat them. It was great. (laughs) It's funny though. You mentioned that 09 run. Just want to remember, it's the same thing as what happened with South and Roost this year. Nothing really to do with this game, but I remember they got smoked by the Dragons. Like smoked by the dragons in the last round of that season, and yeah, like, oh, the did. runs over. You know, what was it, like forty nil or something, thirty seven nil or something. Yeah, there you go. Then they turn up the next week and beat the dragons by multiple scores. It was great. I yeah, do but, remember uh, that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was extremely but, uh, funny. It was. That's and all then, I have yeah. to hold on to. Those memories. I don't have a grand final. That's, that's what I it. hold on to. And they <laughs> smashed that Titan side. That like, if you ever look back at that Titan side, on oh, paper, yeah. isn't that crash <laughs> hot? But. That year, it, it was a good Titans team. What finished like second or third, didn't they? Yeah, they finished. The they finished. They, yeah, something like that. I can't remember exactly where they finished, but they were they were pretty good. They finished third. There we go. Just look that up. Just so we got that. Yeah, that was it. weird, right? Because I'd obviously forgotten a little bit about that when I was doing the story, and I, I'd assumed that maybe they'd clinched eighth spot and they rested players in that Dragons game. But you go back and look. No, they're pretty almost like Eric Growth didn't play, and that's about it. The rest yeah. of their team played, and they just got absolutely shit pumped, and then they turned around punched. and beat the same team a week later. Very funny. Yeah, and Very obviously there isn't that many similarities to that team, but the only one I can draw really is that like about five or six rounds at the end of the season, they just got their mix right. That two thousand and nine mm-hmm. Paris team, and that's what they got right this year. Like after the Broncos yeah. loss, you know, if there's ever a loss you had to have, that if that thing was ever true, that was the loss that the well, this, yeah. the Eels team had to have because they bounced back mm-hmm. since and looked like the team we thought they could be. Yes, day. I either I was what I was talking to uh, Reddy today. He said that he said basically a quarter way through the season, Daniel Anderson got them together and basically completely overhauled how they were playing, how they were structured, everything. And he said it took five or six weeks for those changes to take effect. But he said by the midway point of the season they were firing. And you go back and look, and yeah, they're fourteenth halfway through the year. And from that point, they only lose another four games before the grand final. Like there's one point where they go on a seven game winning streak and it's like, and they're not just winning. They're blowing teams away. Like they won, like they won by 30 plus like four or five weeks in a row. So yeah. There is something in that as well for this current eel side and Mitch and Matt, you might be able to do it technically better than I can because you're both better football minds than I am. But the eels defense has really improved out of sight in the last, I'd say seven or eight weeks. The sliding is so much better. And I know that Parramatta's edges have always been a sign of weakness. Matt, honestly, I have PTSD every time we play South Sydney. I actually can't take it. But the sliding defence has been (laughs) so much better in recent weeks. Mary, if we'd won on Saturday, you would be looking at a 40-0 Melbourne Manly scenario for this weekend. But since you're playing Penrith, you might win. So Maybe. Maybe. Um, Yeah, in all shit, it's been fantastic. I mean... Both of their back rowers are in contention for second row of the year. I, I know Papali, especially in the first half, he had a lot of question marks over his defense in a few games. But, yep, last few weeks, they've both been very physical. Aimed up. Sean Lane especially is just everywhere. His effort mm-hmm. levels are through the roof. Um, and, yeah, they're just, you know, people say, oh, they're peaking at the right time. But they, they really, really are. They've really turned the corner since that embarrassing loss to Brisbane. And just got to do it for 80 more minutes.
Yeah, <laughs> they do. That's exactly right, Matt. I was waiting for Mitch to say something. No, no, that's fine. No, their defense has really improved on your point, Mary, in, in that period. What they've, what's the most points they conceded since is last week? Hey, pretty much at twenty points, but that was with those conditions. Oh, also the game against the Bunnies, but those games don't really count in the ELC. South games like, don't count. Like, right, they don't count. It's like your games against the Storm, Matt. Yes, my games against Storm don't count. They don't count. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but they bounce back a lot. And and you saw uh, last week the desperation in their defense. It was it it hasn't been a a hallmark of Parramatta's success over the the last couple of years. And and as you said earlier, Mary, um, that Parramatta team when they win, there's generally a formula to them winning, and it's generally they've won through the middle. They start offloading, and then they hit that. They strike on that left edge, and it's like really nice shape that you generally beat teams with. And they didn't do that against the Cowboys. You know, nothing they did was pretty, but they found a way to win that game and they scored every pretty much any opportunity they had, they scored. Um, it's not as flashy as Fui Fui Mormoy, but Regan Kemmel Gillard did get it, got a double there and a bit of flair, which helped. And I don't know, there's there's something about good Parramatta sides that seem to have a bit a few of the same kind of hallmarks. And you know, that four, they've always the good Parramatta side always seems to have one or two real strong props, like any good side. I know it's not like mm-hmm. an idiot saying that, but they have a flamboyant back rower like a Sean Lane in them. You know, they seem to have a talismanic fullback that only their fan base really loves and all that does. <laughs> you know, like they seem to have that kind of stuff. And they seem to have a halfback's head like I'd like to kick in. So, you know, like... Yeah, consistency. <laughs> consistency is yeah. key. I also I have to say um, that last 10 minutes of the Cowboys game was agonising. Um, and I was watching with Jimmy and there was one minute to go and we had one more set to defend. And I remember just looking at him and saying, Jimmy, I just need you to know that if the Eels lose this in the last minute, I'm going to a very, very dark place. And he just looked at me. I saw fear in his eyes at that moment. So thank goodness we held on. Yeah, lucky, yeah. For, lucky for Jimmy. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about your chances going into this weekend. But it's that's the way it's been with any Penrith game, you know. And we do know they're beatable. Parramatta have shown they can beat this Penrith side, and. That's why it's hard to get a read on it. You know, obviously I think Penrith are going to win because I think everyone thinks that. Mm. But this was the matchup of any one of the top eight that could beat Penrith, I think, in yeah. the final. And, and I this think is the team. it's worth pointing out that in that previous game, it was a really bad 15 minutes that put you guys out of the contest, really, where it just completely got away from you. You played very, very well in the first half and then the first few minutes of the second half, good enough to have a lead as well. Um, it all kind of turned around when Wanga Blake made his second or third error, whatever it was. Um, kind of reminiscent to what we saw with Penrith and South last week. Uh, only, I guess, almost exact same, where you got mm-hmm. out on top early. You were very physical in the first half, but a couple of stupid errors and then a couple of brain fades just completely flipped the game on its head. And that's, I mean, that's that's just that just happens sometimes, I guess. And But they've shown in their previous games against them this year that they can win those games and that they can... As long as they can avoid having one of those 20-minute periods where Penrith score 18 points, I think they're a very, very good chance. I agree with you totally, Mitch. Penrith go in as favourites and deservedly mm-hmm. so. They are the standout team and have been the standout team for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I know that Parramatta can beat this team. They've beaten them twice this year. And, Matt, you talked about that first finals game. I wasn't that disappointed because typically when Parramatta lose, it's because they don't show up. It's not that they didn't show up that week. And Regan Campbell-Gillard, again, I'm pretty sure to Nick Campton actually, spoke about how they didn't really play Parramatta-style footy that night. They tried. It felt to me like they were trying not to lose the game rather than trying to win it. So I'm just hopeful that they can play their brand of footy, that Wonga Blake has a better night under the high ball. And I think, you know, we've got a competitive game on our hands. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't, they're, they're the best matchup in terms of us wanting to avoid Penrith, just completely running up a score on whoever they play. So there is yeah, that. There is that. And I, I do I do worry about Wonga Blake because that was still there last week and he just seems to be in a bit of poor form, but they weren't going to drop him. You know, Bailey Simonson had a, has had some decent games this year when he's filled in, but mm-hmm. yeah, Wonga Blake was going to play this game. I do find I, very interesting the return of Nathan Brown out of the wilderness. Yeah. I don't know why it's happening, but, you know, 12 weeks out of first grade to come back for the grand final. That is okay. weird because we kind of said that on the show like three weeks ago. We were like, oh, we kind of all were like, yeah, it'd be, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have Nathan Brown back in just to unleash hell for 20 minutes in the middle. And they're going to do that. <laughs> so um, I, I'm not going to complain about it. I think Secret it does give weapon. them a little... Gives him a bit more punch than Cartwright. And again, look, he can lose you a game, but in a game where you're going to be fighting for every inch in the middle of that field, if he's on his game, he is aggressive. He can win in the front and he can do a lot of good things. Obviously, he can do some bad things too, but this could yeah, end up I being doubt a he plays stroke. much, honestly. I yeah, it'll be, look, play- it'll be one 15 to 20 minute spell. So Yeah, and then Opacek's obviously fighting the fitness battle and they haven't named him in the starting 17. So I'm assuming he's fighting an uphill battle. So I feel sorry for him, obviously, because he's had an opportunity to play in a grand final in his last NRL game, and that might be not there. But yeah. I think Simonson was solid last week, and I'm not sure that's the the you know they're not, not sure that moves the needle much on Parramatta no. winning or losing him in the centres. Mary, do you think there's any chance they move Blake to the centres and put Simonson on the wing? They may very well do that, Matt. I think you're both right in that Wonga Blake was never going to miss this game. Brad is a really he's a loyal coach. Even mm-hmm. after his game that first week of the finals, I knew he'd be there. So I think we will see that or we'll just see him get additional support. We saw Clint Gutherson taking quite a few bombs last week and I wonder mm-hmm. whether they might just shift people around to give Wonga that extra support because he's really a confidence player. It's such a cliche, but when yeah, he drops he is, one you know that he's going to drop two or three or four. And there was a game earlier in the year where Parramatta beat Melbourne in Melbourne, the Ray Stone hero match, where it happened the same thing. Wonga Blake, I think, dropped two or three that night. And you could just tell that he wasn't going to catch another ball that night. Yeah. And when he dropped the one last week, he thought it was going to be the same thing again, but they, they never went back to him. But he dropped it and he like had a tantrum on the field. And it's like, oh, he's in his own head. But they didn't go back, which might help him have a bit of a break. But uh, mm. yeah, he hasn't been in the in the greatest bit of form and, there's been, you know, the, the famous Ferguson Wonga Blake situations when Ferguson was started using his burner to to diss Wonga. Oh, like, I forgot about that. But if Brad Arthur can we'll stick with, you know, Wonga through that, yeah, he's going nowhere now this week. So he'll he'll play and they'll have to that obviously their fingers they cross their fingers and hope he does his best. But we don't know if he's matching up on Brian Tor or, or Charlie Staines because if the Panthers go what they did last week, he'll be matching up with Toto. But that also means Sevo then gets Charlie Staines. So. Yeah, and I think that Toto did such a good job on Sevo three weeks ago that they'll have. He to has go to go back, back there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but maybe yeah. they don't. But I, I feel like they'd have to because it was a feeling like the first time ever Michael Sevo had someone as strong as him in front of him, and he didn't like it. He didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't think it was fair. <laughs> but I was, well, um, yeah, what's this guy push push me? What do you mean you push me? I push you. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't work. But he pushed cool. me out a couple of times. Which, oh. Yeah. Uh, remember he killed James Tedesco that time? That was cool. Who? Uh, I think there's a T-shirt of it on yeah. Red Bubble, is there really? actually. Oh, yeah, there awesome. is. Yeah. There um, is. Yeah, yeah, but it's uh, it's exciting for Parramatta because you know a lot of people did speak about how this might be the last chance with this little current group of players, and they bloody got there. You know, there was the very Marnie leaving, 
this offseason, which will no doubt have an impact no matter how good Josh Hodgson is next year. And then no matter how many times people think Reed Marnie throws the ball forward, a lot of times when they play well, it's Reed gets the couple of plays in a row right. Like last week, all those tries, Reed read the defense right pretty much, bar the forward pass one. He's another player, Mitch, that has really improved throughout the season. He yeah. started off a little bit slow and there were some Paramount fans saying, oh, just get rid of him early, send him to the Bulldogs. Thank goodness we didn't because his form in recent weeks has been pretty special. And he also, I know he's leaving, right? But I yeah. know he also really loves the club and he really galvanises the fan base. So I remember the night we beat Canberra, he was just walking around to every section of the stadium, like raising his arms and and getting the fans to cheer with him. So I think the group have sort of bought into that this is their last opportunity with this group. I think mm-hmm. Parramatta will obviously be a very different team next year, but I have a lot of faith in Brad and his ability to coach players. But it's not going to be the same. It's it's not. Oregon Hifushi is gone next year too, right? The Sharks, that's right. Yeah, so you're like, and I, I know he's not a big play, a player, but he's obviously been on the bench most of the end, played 30-odd minutes a week. So they'll end up losing and possibly losing Nathan Brown as well, who's back in this game. Isaiah mm-hmm. Papali is leaving. But they have kept most of the important players outside of Marnie. So, yeah. you know, like potentially they can reload next year, but it's more just good to see this iteration of this parasite that's been so close for a number of years, get an opportunity to see if they can get over that line. And Penrith have the same problems. They'll be losing Coruscant and Kickout, who's just like losing Marnie and Papaliti for you guys. But uh, I, I do think we got the right matchup end of the year. I know that Eels only snuck into the top four at the back end. And at one point, it looked like they could have slipped out of the top eight. But I do think on balance of most of the season, these are the two right teams in the right game at the end of the year. And I'm happy it's them because, as we said, like I think of all the teams, Parramatta are the ones with the biggest chance to, to you know, be 60 minutes into this game and the score to be 10 all. No. I'll take that. I'd like to hear that. that you're happy, Mitch. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not happy. I wish it was Parramatta versus Souths, but. And and you're up by 60 in 12 minutes. That's real yeah, fun for great. the rest of us. <laughs> I would have had a great time. You'd have enjoyed um, it a lot. (laughs) Yes. And that's really my main Uh, concern. I think as well, Mitch, just on your point about it being the right matchup, I also think it's the right matchup. But I also think that because there are a couple of teams in the top eight that I think are on the rise. So for the Sharks and the Cowboys, I think their window is just opening. Like they both had amazing seasons under new coaches. It's only just getting started for them. And, Matt, you've talked about in recent weeks, you know, expectations for South yeah. this year, and it's the same, you know? I agree. So I'm, I'm not worried. Glad, I'm glad that Parramatta made it this year because it is the last stand for these players, whereas for those other teams, it's just getting started. Look, any year where the Roosters and the Storm are not in the grand final is a good year. So, Agreed. If you say so. But, uh, <laughs> oh, so why are you being yeah. such a sore? I'm, I'm okay with Storm games, Storm in the grand final. But yeah, I was they're, kind of, I wasn't the enjoying time. them this year. They They've had enough. enough. They've had I don't, enough. Di- I don't dislike the Storm, but it's just boring that they're in it all the time. Yeah, well, you know, Panthers um, is their third in a row now. Oh, wow. I'm Three. sick of them too. I don't want to yeah, play so, anyone. I don't want to play anyone. You just want to win the grand final against Yeah, so that's three in 20 years. Fantastic. Three, and 20, three and twenty years. Yeah. Well, the oh three was twenty years ago. So yeah, three and twenty years. That's that's not how math works. How you I mean? It's well, three and nineteen. This is, this is... three and nineteen years. Yes. Thank okay. you, sir. <laughs> oh, you got me. Jeez. Precision, precision. The storm have been in. The storm were in like ten. So yeah, it's not really the same thing. I know it's not. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we should. Uh, I'm looking forward to. It. I know you would be merry, but. Uh, anything else you're doing in the lead up? You're going in SCN on the day. So are you just doing that? You're doing that for the women's game and then you're off with the family but are you doing anything else in the lead up anything else you want to shout out that you're working on uh no not really Mitch. 
It should be coming out Friday or Saturday and I've got a photographer coming to my house tomorrow to take a photo. (laughs) So I'm no no doubt going to be one of those lunatics with like all my flags and scarves and beanies and everything lying around. So Jimmy got out all my stuff. I love Um, that. My boss at work, like my big, big, big boss is also a Parramatta fan. So I got a text from him on Friday night, really excited. So that was really nice. But other than that, just enjoying time with my family. Like my dad is calling me four or five times a day. He called me yesterday to say that he'll be 73 if it takes another 13 years for Parramatta to get into a grand final. So he's really in full Gronk mode this week. I might even get some flags for my car. Yeah. I think you're playing it the right way. Like, I, I mean, last year was a little bit different because of COVID, but Ooh. in 2014, I sort of tried to avoid being doing work stuff as much as possible because, you know, it's just more fun to be a fan when you're in these big games than to be in work mode the whole time. So. Yeah, and just enjoy it because it's been a long time since we've been you here, so get, I'm going to just ride, take the you ride. Don't get these, you don't get these days very often. Even if you do go for the Storm or the Roosters, you've only still had like eight or nine of these days in your entire life, so... Just enjoy it, I guess. That's good. Go full Gronk mode. Fuck yeah, why not? <laughs> so, hey, what's your prediction? Parramatta, what, 46, Pan- Panthers so the, 12? The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the women's team's going to win by 30, and then the men's team is going to win by also 30. Wow. Fantastic. Honestly, that would be a dream. Uh, I, am <laughs> tipping, I am tipping them both, but the reason wow. for that is because I always – well, I always tip. That's a shock. In the finals, I always if you had tipped the if you had tipped the Panthers or the Knights, we would have had to shut the podcast down. That would have been the most shocking thing that's ever happened. <laughs> I always tip the Eels in the finals. I feel like there's yeah. also something romantic about going down with the ship. Of course. So the NRLW team will win by six points, and the men's team will win by four points, making sure that I have a heart attack all the way until the 80th minute, because that's how Parramatta do it. They won't do it convincingly if they do it. Excellent. All right. Yeah, you've um, got um, you got the emotional come down, win or loss after that first game. That is a tough one. Yeah. Like, obviously, we've all we've all had some days where there's a grand final where you know there's another club you cheer for, but it's very rare that it's like you know these are the two top tiers now. That's <laughs> first time it's happened, isn't it? Really? Like, yeah, yeah. First, first time it's <gasps> happened. There you go. So you're gonna have the emotional come down or come up. After Wait, this. did the Roosters make one? I one think of the, the Roosters. I think the Roosters did it in they 2018 or 19. They lost the women's yeah. grand final in 2019 to Brisbane, yeah, right? And then they won the men's grand final. Yeah, but it's still it still is really really special, you know, to yeah, be yeah. in the no, two. The so. 20, 2019, the Broncos beat the Dragons. Was it the Dragons? The Was 2018? it 2018? 2018, they the Roosters played the final then. Yeah. There you go. Mm. Yeah, they, they did, they did do it. There we go. Damn roasters got there first. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so I am glad that they did win. Happened to them. Could win. I'm glad what happened to them did though, because like exactly what they did last year when sneaking into the finals happened to them in the NRLW and just John Strange. That's what happened. Yeah, John that Strange happened. was really good about it in the presser. Someone asked him about what his thoughts were on the system, and he said, "Well, I'm not going to complain because I wasn't complaining this time last year when we were the ones doing it." It's very fair. I like it when coaches are sort of aware of that stuff it's like yeah um yeah like i thought todd payton carried himself really well in that press conference after the the game didn't get drawn into rep like there's like i can name six or seven other coaches both past and present who would have created an absolute circus after that game because of that forward pass but he took it in stride and just got on with it i actually found todd payton as you said matt to be extremely gracious and most cowboys fans as well 
It just yeah. seems to be some weird sections of Queensland media that are talking about <laughs> how that decision like yeah, broke I, the I, momentum I, of the Cowboys. I actually thought of you for that one, Max. I was like, he doesn't even believe in momentum. Like, what is this article? True. Yeah, it hurt me today when Joel Reddy said momentum, but I just let him keep going with it. Um, but yeah, that was funny. That 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 article ranking every terrible Cowboys refereeing blunder oh. was just absolutely oh that shit. that happened. I missed that. Did you miss that? It was the yeah. we talked. I thought we talked about it yesterday. No, I, I talk about oh. general Cowboys fans having a bitch. Oh, I think you, I I thought you were refer- there's a dude who works for like the the Townsville Gazette or the fuck it's called. Who he was the tw- one you quote tweeted originally. He turned that into yeah. an article. Yeah, they, ranking uh, them. I didn't read it, so I don't know what was number one, and I don't care. But absolute loser shit. It happens to all teams. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and talk about our week two loss last year to the Panthers. I haven't even actually really given it a second thought. We lost. Yeah. That's it. Move on. From a thing that actually was against the rules that happened yeah, right at the that, end of the game. And that was literally <laughs> in the last minute of the fucking game. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's funny. Mm. I just, yeah. I mean, we we know that the ref blaming culture in the sport is awful and will probably never change. But, I mean, as long as we've got positive people in the media like you and me. We're yes, and Mitch. And Mitch. No, no, I, I said am... positive people. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a person. He is a person. (laughs) Yes. I I exist. Oh, gosh. Although, to be positive, he will be very, very happy if either team loses this game in heartbreaking circumstances because he hates several players on both teams. Yeah, it's 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 quite funny. It's like, there's obviously people know I'm not a big fan of like like Gutho, right? But it feels like the the lane train the last few weeks is making me care about that less. But I don't know if I can handle Clint Gutherson, Gutherino with the trophy. We'll All find right, out. He's so going to Gutherino with the trophy. Oh, I yeah, promise. No Gutherino with the trophy. But just on your lane, You can't promise you can't, that. You, oh, you don't have that authority. I'll call if we win the trophy. I just, if that makes you like What are you going to do? What are you going to run on the field? Tackle him. No, Gutherino. Um, but just on Sean Lane, the people's champion, I'm not sure whether the two of you saw the article today where he was speaking about his potential new deal but also mm. how so many other players are suffering at the moment that are on smaller deals that can't get deals because of the um, the collective bargaining agreement and how long it's taking. So, you know, Sean Lane, like Christian Welsh, man of the people. Yeah. And Our uh, socialist king, Sean Lane. Yes, very smart right. of the club to lock him up the week before he wins Clive Churchill. It was very smart. And very true. Very true. Is he a chance for <laughs> Dalian back row of the year tomorrow, Mitch? Let's let's just let's just make him it. Let's why don't I go in there and edit it. everything? Let's do it. What, <laughs> just, he can be our Dalian back row of the year. If we keep saying it up, people will believe it's true. Guys, yeah, just get true. Edwin to start working on it. He's the social king. He'll be that's behind true. this cause. Propaganda. That's a good Absolutely. that's a good thing. Well, we oh, just mentioned his favorite need, player you know those, of all time. You know those Mateo, stupid they can work in the ball sack sports things, whatever. What if we just put out a fake graphic? Oh yeah, first? yeah, yeah. Done. And yeah. everyone will just accept it. That happened. Oh, I love it. All right. Mary, uh, Ladies Who League, anything else you want to promote before we get out of here? Yes, I actually would like to promote one more thing. Um, I just wanted to say thank you to you both. I love this podcast so much. I listen to every single episode without fail. I actually wait for it on my Wednesday morning so I can listen to it on my commute. (laughs) So thank you and thanks for having me on. It's it's a pleasure and I love your work. Well, if you win... We can hopefully get you back on next week if you win. Not, we probably won't get you. Look, we're not going to get you on if, if you lose. lose but... Even more so, we get you. Yeah, no. I think <laughs> if I lose, is actually the person that you want, and no, not just sit no, here like no, rocking. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. I could um, win one, right. lose one. 
That's true. Good. That's a that's, that's awful. true. Oh, don't entertain that. How, don't I don't know how that, that feels after that. I don't know. I don't know yeah, either. that's a tough one. You don't want to win one and lose one. It's kind of sours the the day, I guess. Unless you lose the first one, then the second one makes you feel better. Because you win the first one, you lose the second one. You kind of like you get stuck with the losing feeling. So yeah, mm, I which know. I don't want. I don't no, want. No, you don't. Just just win them both. Just win them both. Yeah, Easy. yeah. Done. Just win them both. Done. Right. Sorted. And thank you both. Full- before we get out of here, a quick thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service, patreon.com forward slash rookies, if you'd like to support us. And thank you to Bronco from Birth, Chris Avnell, Dave, Rocky and Ruffy, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Butsy, Ken Beswick, Chewbacca, Snuffleupagus, Dan Carno, Doc Hogg, and Anonymous Backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Jace Felix Farmworth, James K. Jason, Jez, you're in the top 10, Joe Wrigley, Joey Gooch, Josh Brandon, Kicks Outs Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Ferguson, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, My Arms They Go Off, Flip Flop, Flip Flop, Flip, Never Trendy, Party Keg, Pete Fulcher, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Snyderfield Score, Simo Butts, Shunter, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Stoned Gossard, Ty, TV, The Black Vegetable, The Not So Mature Age Student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Was. Thank you so much for your support to everyone lower tiers and everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. All right, let's get out of here. Say goodbye, Mary. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mitchell. (laughs) Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.